It is January the 3rd, one day after my wife and I's 45th anniversary. 45 years. My granddaughters, if they were here, I'd point at them. They would say, if you had more thumbs, they would be up. If I had more thumbs. How about that? That and a leg, right? God's good. God's good. I, I just had a wonderful day yesterday with my wife. Every time I laid eyes on her, I remembered. You know, basically, look, look. I don't care what you think, guys. Women bring a whole lot more to the table than guys do. A whole lot more to the table. And so, um, much of the joy that God has brought into my life, he has brought to me through my wife, Ruth. And I'm so grateful for that. And I want you to hear me say that. Because it's the truth. Amen. Yeah, I know you know it. <laughs> yeah, we know Ruth. We know Ruth. Uh, I like to spit out the, the January 3rd. I said that already, right? Um, January the 3rd, it's Sunday. This is our Sunday broadcast. We get notes from people. Sometimes they're confused about what Sunday message it was. Well, this was the first one of the year. Amen. A whole new year. And I'm excited about it. I want to start off with this little story. A boy told his father, Dad, if three frogs were sitting on a limb that hung over a pool and one frog decided to jump off into the pool, how many frogs would be left on the limb? How many of you know? It is a trick question. The dad replied, two. That sounds logical, doesn't it? No, the son replied. There are three frogs. One decides to jump. How many are left? The dad said, oh, I get it. If one decides to jump, the others would too. So there's none left. The boy said, no, dad. The answer is three. The frog only decided to jump. Now, why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because I believe there were a whole lot of us because of the way the year went last year. That was how we started off 2020, you know. We had a lot of plans, didn't we? We had a lot of things we were going to get done. You know, we were looking for it. I can tell you as a pastor, um, my, my thoughts weren't, were not what unfolded, all right? But I will tell you that God was good to us, amen? And he's going to continue to be good to us. But I will tell you this today. I know this in my spirit. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. Don't let down your guard. The devil wants to destroy a lot of things, and the body of Christ is not going to let him. Amen? In the name of Jesus. So, there were none left. The boy said, no, Dad. The answer is three. The frog only decided to jump. Does that sound like last year's plans for the new year? I thought that's a pretty funny question too, right? Great inspiration and great resolutions, but oftentimes we only decide and months later we're still on the same limb. Amen? Now, we had a lot of help with that last year in 2020, didn't we? We didn't expect things to go the way they went. I want you to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, we're going to read the first 13 verses. Have you ever noticed that you will read passages of Scripture you've read maybe a thousand times in your lifetime, and all of a sudden there's a passage in there that leaps out and grabs you because it's so pertinent to the day you're living that day. Does that make sense to you? Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 13, the whole passage, 13 verses, has to do with our message today, but one of them just really jumped out and grabbed me. It really jumped out and grabbed me. It's the English Standard Version that I'm reading from. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, reads like this. For everything there is a season, 
and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what was planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Listen carefully. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. Listen to this. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Does that make sense to you? I've read that many times. Never thought I'd ever live through it jumping off the page and slapping me in the face. Right? A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. I think we're there. A time to seek, a time to lose. A time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Solomon is telling us that God has a plan for all of us, and a cycle for everything we're planned to do in accordance with his will. Because of that, I like to think that my greatest days in ministry lie ahead of me, not behind me. Does that make sense? I love to embrace that. I love to embrace that. To all that our life demands of us, we must find the balance God provides. The first thing you have to do If you're going to have God's balance in your life is you have to discover your purpose. Now, let let me explain that one to you. There's something inside of every human being. It's deep within our human nature that we know what our purpose is in this life. And because of the secular jobs I've had in my lifetime, you don't know how many scenes people have been to that ended so desperately bad Because people could not answer the question, what is my purpose in life? And it is a question that cannot be answered without divine help from Father God himself. Because there are a lot of people out there that think they found the answer for purpose in their life. But if they found it outside of God, it is not divine. And it will never satisfy that need in their life. So what is your purpose in this world? That's the core question of our lives. If you've not thought seriously about this, you've not taken your life seriously enough. Many of the problems in people's lives would be settled if they understood their purpose in life and then just lived it out. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture references here, so if you want to write these down, Romans chapter 14, verse 8, the Bible says, The Bible says, if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, 
We belong to the Lord. That's the first thing you need to know about purpose in your life. You belong to the Lord God Almighty. Amen? So if this is true, that we belong to the Lord, then we have the obligation to live for the Lord. Amen? The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Another divine purpose. If you live by these divine purposes, everything's going to be okay. Amen? Our lives are not our own. They do not belong to us. We belong to God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 reads like this. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Purpose for you is his purpose. Amen? There's a lot of revelation pouring out here. Your purpose. Your purpose in this world. Uh, so what is your purpose in this world? The core question, my computer jumped again. Your purpose is to live out and fulfill the purpose of God for your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. There's some purpose. I mean in God, there's line after line after line after line filled with purpose. Amen? Filled with purpose. The grand purpose of your life, you might want to write this down. I'm going to read it very slow. The grand purpose of your life is to know God and have an ongoing relationship with him that brings him glory in the way you live your life. I mean, that's powerful. Man, I mean, we could stop right there. I mean, we're not going to. But, but we could stop right there, right? The grand purpose of your life is to know God and have an ongoing relationship with him that brings him glory in the way you live your life. The Bible also says in Ephesians chapter 2, Verse 10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So what is our purpose? It's to know God through his son, Jesus Christ, and live for him. How complicated. I mean, you could write this, right? Because it's the truth, right? Your purpose is to do as much good as you can do for him and others. You're not here to serve and please yourself. You have a higher calling. We have a higher calling in life than the unsaved. If you don't understand your purpose, then your life is built on the wrong foundation. And if your life is built on the wrong foundation, it doesn't matter how magnificent the structure is, it will crumble and it will fall. Your primary purpose here is not to be successful. Listen to this carefully. This was, I started writing this and I thought, no, this is true. This is true. Your primary purpose here is not to be successful or have a wonderful career. 
And I'm telling you, in the body of Christ, we went through a period of time, a number of years back, where we were focusing all of our faith on having a successful life and a dynamic career. Now listen to why I'm saying this the way I'm saying it. If it's a slap in the face of, I've done it before. I was that way, you know. You know, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Amen? When I didn't know any better, I acted like I didn't know any better. Amen? Your purpose is not to be happy in your earthly accomplishments or to earn a lot of money. Your purpose is not even to find love and have a family. You, you, you need proof for that, right? You need proof for it, right? Because the Bible says in Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You don't have to seek them. You have to seek him. Capital H. Seek him. And all those things that you were all focused on, we all were focused on at one time in our lives, will fall by the wayside. Because the real purpose is the only one that will matter. But seek you first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. It's not that these other things are bad because they're not. It is just that they cannot come before the main purpose for which you were created. To know God and glorify him with your life. When you get that straight, then the rest will fall into place. Can you say amen? The second thing you have to do if you're going to have balance in your life, God's balance in your life, is you have to establish your priorities. You have to decide what's important to you. Amen? You might have a firm grasp of what your real purpose is in this world. You may understand that your life belongs to God and that you're to live for Him rather than for yourself. But now you need to understand God's specific plan for you. That's only birthed out of relationship. You can't go haphazardly around waiting for God to manifest His plan for your life. You got to go after it, and it's based in relationship, and that's the first priority. That's the first priority. The next one is, uh, one of the beginning things you got to do is, have you ever looked at your life and asked yourself, what are your gifts? What's God given to you? Because he gave it to you for a reason. Amen? God gave you what he gave you for a reason. And it's to help to uh, get God's purpose manifest in your life, right? What are the specific talents and interests that God has put into your life? How can you use these to fulfill his purpose? Amen? Let's get back there. The reason that these questions are important is that you may be doing many good things. Now listen carefully. Listen carefully to this. The reason that these questions are important is that you may be doing many good things, but you may not be doing the things that God has in mind for you. You know, one of the things I've learned is God's never given me a list of things to do, like a mission, where he either, you know, I don't have time to do them. If God gives you instructions, you'll either have the time to do them or you and God will work through that. And you'll have the time to do them. Amen? If you've ever thought to yourself, I'm too busy to get the things done that God wants me to do, then you're just too busy doing the wrong things. We need to re 
prioritize. Amen? Your area of interest may be the gift God's given you to promote growth and influence for his kingdom. Setting priorities is not about choosing between what is good and what is bad. Listen to this. Setting priorities is not about choosing between what is good and what is bad. That should have been settled when you decided to live out your God-given purpose in life. Priorities have to be set when the choice is between what is good and what is best. Between what will be beneficial and what is actually God's will for your life. Yes, I'm telling you that you can load your life up with all kinds of good works. But outside of God and his priorities in your life, they're not impactful when it comes to eternity. Priorities have to be set when the choice is between what is good and what is best, between what will be beneficial and what is actually God's will for you. God has made you with particular interests and skills and gifts. Go in the direction of your interests and gifts because that is how and why God has created you. It's about getting the most from your life. Setting priorities helps you to trim down your involvement to a reasonable level. A reasonable and productive level is what I meant to say. A reasonable and productive level. The third thing you have to do if you're going to have balance, God's balance in your life is you have to have a plan. Without a plan, your dream will remain a dream. Your vision will just remain a vision without a plan. And what I mean by that, you can understand your purpose, you can set your priorities, but if you have no plan on how to make it happen, it will never happen. It's too easy to let life sweep you along and your agenda be filled with the urgent little things of the day. That's one of the things that uh, God used Gloria to teach me that, Gloria. God used you to teach me that. That, that, that kind of came, I got that from you. Because Gloria, when she first met me, I was still in that phase in my life where I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. But am I producing, 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 producing? Amen? All that doing should have been produced more. Amen? So what is God doing? He's changing my focus. If you are not deliberate in planning out your life, your life will drift and life will just happen. You want your life to happen on purpose. By design. Amen? If you can't get everything done, it's because you are trying to do more than God wants you to do. Did you ever think that was possible? All right, now, I'm picking this up, and I'm laying it down back here. You know, that, that, that's a neatly packaged little sermonette. Neatly packaged. And it's full of truth. Amen? It was it's dynamically inspirational, right? Now, let's get down to the root of where we live. You've heard me talk about this new year. And, and let's, you know, let's, let's set, you know, we've got purpose. We're talking about purpose. We're talking about plans. We're talking about priorities. We're talking about, you know, doing what God wants to do, hearing from the Lord. Now, let me get to the root of where people live right now. 
All I know is there's somebody in the room. That's all I know. I, I, I can't tell you a name. I don't know who it is or whatever, but you need to hear this. Some people in life, and you could say this to a room with any number of people in it and touch that nerve, all right? Listen to me, because this is going to touch your nerve, all right? There are people that hear messages about purpose and plan and priorities and so forth and so on. And uh, one of the things in my life that affected me in my youth and helped me was a book written by Kenneth Hagin called Purposes, Plans, and Pursuits. Have you ever heard of that? Purposes, Plans, and Pursuits. Now, that book influenced my life. Thankfully, or nothing would have gotten done. You know what I'm saying? Nothing would have gotten done. But listen to me carefully. There are people that will hear a message on the new year and, and get excited and think about, yeah, this is good. Have you ever felt uh, inside, like, you know, and in your ears that the devil is whispering to you, but that can't be you. You've messed up too bad. Anybody, the devil ever said that to you at any time in your life? I mean, hey, I mean, all of us have been there, have we not? Let, let, me, let me do something for you this morning with God's help. This was not in the sermon notes. It's something that God laid on my heart, and he wants me to say to you. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, and let's get comfortable here for a couple of minutes. This is going to be revolutionary. That's what God told me. He's going to touch our hearts with a passage of Scripture today. You know, in the Old Testament, we're going to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Hebrews 11, 11. All right? That easy enough? Watch this with me. If you go to the Old Testament and you look Sarah up, there's a big section of the Old Testament dedicated to how Sarah messed up God's plan for their lives. Am I right or wrong? Right? Yeah. I mean, this huge section where Sarah tried to fulfill the promises of God in the flesh. Am I right or wrong? All right. Now, we, we have that account in the Old Testament. We're not going to live there. We know it too well. Our name could be practically substituted for Sarah's in there where God's made a promise in our lives and we... I remember one distinctly that God's telling me, relax, don't worry about it, especially worry. Don't worry about it in my time. Isn't that what it said in Ecclesiastes? In God's time, that's what Solomon learned. One of the wisest men who ever lived, amen? Now, all of that said about how Sarah got tired of waiting. I'm getting old. I'm, you know, he said I'm going to have a baby, but I'm, I'm... Do you understand that by the time... We're all grown-ups here, right? By the time God manifests the plan in Abraham's and Sarah's life, they were way past whoopee time. <laughs> I mean, is that not true? That's true, right? Come on now, some people's their faces are turning pink. That surprises me. I'm sorry. It just surprises me, all right? I'm sorry, all right? All right. So we, we have this time where finally Sarah and Abraham get together, but hey, the damage is done. Hagar has given birth to her son. And all the problems in the Middle East today are because one couple tried to fulfill God's promises in the flesh. 
But when we get to Hebrews chapter 11, none of that is rehearsed in our ears. None of it. None of it. It's Old Testament history because I, I, when I read this, it struck me like a hammer that Sarah reached a place in her life where none of that mattered anymore. And this is what the Word of God says in Hebrews 11, verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. That tells me she made a decision one day to trust God and then nothing else mattered. None of the past mattered anymore. Once the mind was made up, once the quality decision had been made, by faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised because at one time she did not. But it was not over for Sarah. God had not spoken the final word. And God has not spoken the final word over your life today. So I kept reading. I got excited. Verse 11 again. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead. That's how far gone Abraham was, right? Him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Now, the, the hidden nugget in that verse of Scripture is, it, it isn't that just a nation was born out of that union, but it was in the line of Christ himself. That's why obedience, finally, on the part of Abraham and Isaac, or Abraham and Sarah, was so important. Amen? Now, how important? What does it really mean? What... Have you ever thought, because this is what the Lord said to me. What if I never bring the things to pass in your life that you've heard me say until you're gone? Would that matter to you? What if I waited until you were gone to fulfill those words I said to you? Would it matter to you? Well, look at verse 13 and it just tears me up. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Are we so self-centered at times that we would receive a word from the Lord about future generations and be upset about that because I didn't get to embrace it today if you're if you're tempted to be upset about God showing you things that he won't even bring to pass in your lifetime if we're so self-centered we don't have we don't have the foundation laid correctly we don't have the kind of relationship that God wants us to have that's what God said to me you know, when you reach your point in your life, it ought to be an honor to receive that question from God. Are you willing for me to show you things generations down the road for you to pray about 
today. I'm going to give you a challenge and we're going to pray. Look, I'm trying to tell you this. I mean, can you mess up? I mean, a sin is sin, right? I mean, you got to admit, and we look at it differently today. When Sarah said to Abraham, man, take, take the maid. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we, we don't even see things the way they saw and did things back then. That was acceptable back then, all right? To, for them to have an heir, a male child. And right away, why did Sarah see right away the error of her ways? Because of the way Abraham responded to having a son. He even petitioned God in prayer. What about Ishmael? God said, I gave you a promise. His seed will be blessed because I gave you a promise. But the seed that I want to bless will come from you and Sarah. Now, having said that, it's just to tell you this. Have we really messed up worse than that in our lifetime? Well, we've, we've equaled it. I can tell you that because sin is sin. We've equaled what Sarah did. Don't be looking down your nose at Sarah, right? So what I'm trying to tell you is you can't let that keep you from God's blessings for you today. You can't do it. If you do, you're allowing yourself to be robbed by the devil when he has no right. He has no right. Amen, sister? The devil has no right to your life today. You're the only one that can give it to him. We're it. We're the only ones. And we don't want to do that. Can you say amen? So now I'm going to read the three verses together and I'm going to pray for us. We've got to knock this out of the ballpark. We can't allow these things that have held us back in the past to hold us back now. You know, I, I can't help but believe Jesus is coming soon. If he came in the next three years, that's pretty soon. If he came before I finished that sermon, this sermon, I say, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen? But what I believe in my heart is, you need to hear this because we have some more to go through. It's not over. This season we're in right now, it's going to last a little bit longer. You know, may even get a little worse. But God's got a plan. Amen? By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having knowledge that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Wow. Praise God. That's powerful. So, we're without excuse. We can't point at something in our lives and allow it to continue to be an anchor that keeps us from moving forward with God. Amen? Well, if you believe that was good preaching, stand with me. I believe it was good preaching. I, I ain't got nothing to do with me. It was just the Word of God. Amen? It's just the Word of God. And if we have been allowing anything in our lives to hold us back, it's time to unshackle. Amen? It's time to let God break the chains. And, um, you, know, you know what we can do? I got I to gotta say this is one, one last thing, and I'm going to pray. 2021... 
we've done some things and made some rearrangements for the budget to work at the church. Does that make sense to you? Right? It should be over. But if we stop, if we let up, if we cease to remain faithful, all that can change. Amen? But let's hang, let's hang on. Let's hang on. Let's be tenacious in the spirit. Amen? Father, that you thank you in Jesus' name for everyone in this room today. I want to thank you for the takeaways that you kind of added at the end of this sermon, Father, and reminding me of Sarah. Father, remind us over and over and over again of these powerful truths, Lord, in your word. Help us to understand, Father, that we're to fight our fight with faith, not, not in, and, and the weapons of our warfare. That's what we're to fight with, our faith, Father. Lord, I thank you that you reminded me this morning that we are not to allow for any worry in our lives but where to worship, where to replace worry with worship. Oh, thank you, Father, for helping us replace, wipe out worry in our lives and fill up that space with worship in lieu of worry. And that we fight all of our fights with faith, Father. Faith in you, Lord. Faith in your word. That means literally resting in the truth of your word. Father, we thank you for forgiveness for all of our sins and shortcomings. Thank you for forgiving us uh, for the times in our lives that we've allowed the world and the devil and ourselves just to bog us down. And we haven't been in tune. We haven't been listening to your desires for our life. Forgive us for that. Help us today, Father, to embrace uh, these priorities that you want us to have in our lives, your plan for our lives, Father. All for your glory. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it being applied to our lives and cleansing us afresh and anew of all of our sins and all of our shortcomings. Father, I want to ask you in the name of Jesus Christ to overcome the things of this world that, that get away with blinding your children when we allow it. And we don't see the dangers that come with any level of sin in our lives. Help us, Father, not to allow uh, even what we think of as little sins to ruin our lives and run our lives. Separate us from fellowship with you. We thank you for helping us with that in 2021, Lord. Once again, how many times, Father, we prayed it and how many more times will we pray it before you return to get us? But open our eyes, Lord. Touch our ears. Help us to see. Help us to hear. Help us to understand, Father, all that you're trying to accomplish in us. Father, I understand today that the success of Life Spring Bible Church isn't guaranteed. There's a dependence upon how we respond to what you want to do, how we respond to your presence when it's here, whether or not we obey, Father, your guidance and direction for this church. Lord, we don't desire to be just a framework or just a facade 
just a place with a name on it. Help us to be the church, the mighty church, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray for every church in this city that lifts up the name of your son, Father. As we go from this place today, may you cause this message to burn in our hearts, Father. May we carry it with us throughout this year for your glory and help us to build on our relationship with you. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you and fellowship together before you leave here today.